Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. Welcome everyone to House to Home Podcast. Bree with you here today, and we are going to be talking about hospitality just in time for the holidays coming up. So we're gearing up for Thanksgiving. Christmas is just around the corner, and isn't that the perfect time to be talking about hospitality? So I hope you practice hospitality at all times of the year. (laughs) However, this is a time where hospitality, I think, really um, gears up per se. I think more people are opening their homes, more people are going to other people's homes, more people are thinking about gift giving and just interacting with people. That just seems to be what we do around the holidays. We travel to see family we haven't seen in a while. We invite people into our lives that we wouldn't normally see throughout the year. It's a time to really catch up and to be around people. The Greek word um, hospitality basically just means the love of a stranger or love of the stranger. And that doesn't mean it's, you know, the love of only the stranger, but it means to love other people and to welcome them into your life. I think a lot of times we think of just the home and only being hospitable in the home, but really we make a home for hospitality. When we are out and about, uh, we house hospitality. And I actually wrote a blog about this way, way back that we're going to share on House to Home. So be looking for that and you'll be able to view that on our website. But We actually are the home of hospitality. Uh, God came, Emmanuel, God with us, and he made his home in us, right? And then we are able to share that home with other people. So I'm really excited to be talking about the heart of hospitality today with you guys. And just a heads up, I'm doing this podcast. Um, My oldest daughter is up right now painting pumpkins. (laughs) She's waving and saying something. The other kids are napping, but you might hear her here and there. And then, of course, my neighbor just decided to start mowing as soon as I was recording this. So maybe not the best sound quality today, but it is house to home, so you can hear all the homey sounds. So today I want to come at the topic of hospitality actually from the passage in Luke 10, I believe it is, Martha and Mary. Yes, Luke 10, verse 38. Many of you, I am sure, are very familiar with the story of Martha and Mary. It's only a few verses, but it is such a thick story. So many preachers have preached on this. So many people reference it, even in just their daily conversation. And normally we're told, what? Don't be a Martha. And um, Martha gets a bad rap. And But in reality, it, it's kind of true. Martha's heart wasn't in the right place in this situation, while Mary's was. And I think... So many times we like to say, oh, she's a Martha or oh, she's a Mary. I think we all can slip into being a Martha at some time or another in our life. And I actually think one of the times that we slip into being a Martha the most is when it comes to hospitality. So this passage of Martha and Mary, the backdrop is hospitality. They decided to open up their home to Jesus. Jesus was entering a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching while he was in their home. But Martha was distracted with what? With much serving. 
And she even got to the point to where she was frustrated and she went up to the Lord and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said, what? Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I love this. So here we have two sisters who opened up their home, and we have two different hearts, and those hearts are in two different places. And I think it's very, very important when we talk about hospitality to remember the heart of hospitality. So I can give tips and tricks and practical implications when it comes to hospitality, and I will. I'll touch some of that. But if you don't have the heart of hospitality, then you cannot house hospitality well. And here we see that Mary was actually being the most hospitable in this situation, while Martha was allowing herself to get bitter. When you think about your own hospitality and when you invite people into your house, what are you worried about? What are you prepping for? Do you spend more time prepping for the meal, wanting it to be a rich, luxurious, flavorful meal? Do you spend more time prepping for your house in regards to cleaning or tidying or, you know, trimming the bushes and mowing the lawn or planting flowers or fixing odds and ends that maybe you didn't think of before, but now you have people coming over and it always makes you think, oh yeah, I've been wanting to do this. You know, I guess I should do that now. Or are you spending more time preparing your heart? Are you actually praying about the people that are coming into your home? Are you praying that your table will not only be filled with good and yummy food, but that the conversation around the table will be God-glorifying? Are you praying that the Lord makes you sensitive to what they need in their life? Are you thinking about the peace that's in your home? Or are you all just, you know, yelling at one another and frazzled and trying to get everything ready in time, but not really enjoying what you're actually doing? And this is hard to balance. I think a lot of times when we're hosting, especially if you're someone who hosts regularly, you can kind of just get in the groove of things and not really think about the implications of what you're doing. Um, You are actually doing eternal and kingdom work when you're having people in your home, when you're being hospitable to people, whether it's going into someone else's home or having them into your home or just being with people, being hospitable to them. Maybe it's someone down the street, you know, maybe it's not even in a home. But again, you can house that hospitality wherever you're at. And are you a person that does this? Are you a heart that's at peace? Or are you allowing bitterness to creep in? Because if you're frustrated about the to-dos of hospitality, then you're going to probably lean into a Martha mentality. We see here that Martha felt like she was the only one doing. She was the only one cleaning the dishes. She was the only one preparing the food. She was the only one making sure everyone had a fork. She was running around, maybe even like a chicken with her head cut off, making sure everyone was well taken care of, while Mary was doing what? just sitting at Jesus's feet, not worrying if everyone had another glass of water, not worrying if um, they were in the comfiest chair they could be, not worrying if everyone's conversations were going well. She wasn't worrying and she wasn't fretting. She was simply worshiping Jesus. And you may say yes, but Jesus was in her home for goodness sake. Of course, she was just worshiping him. But if someone else would have been in the home, then she would have been do- she wouldn't have been doing that. We know that Matthew 25 actually tells us that 
what we do unto the stranger, what we do unto the least of these, Jesus says, we've actually done to him. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And then the king is going to say what? Truly, truly, I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. You're right, Honora, that is God. <laughs> She's jumping in. Um, so he basically says, either you're going to see the poor, or you're going to see the stranger, you're going to see the least of these, and you're going to do to them as you would do to me, or you're not going to, right? And this is kind. this is eternal stuff, guys. This is kind of final judgment things, because then you go on to read, and it says at the very end of this passage, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. How are we treating the stranger in our life? How are we treating the friend that comes into our home? Are we more worried about the way our house looks, or are we worried about their heart? Are we engaging with them in conversation? Are we asking good questions? Are we praying ahead of time? Are we preparing ahead of time? Are we present when they're in our home? Or are we busy worrying about the dishes, worrying about the cleanup, worrying about the mess that hospitality may bring? Because in reality, guys, hospitality is messy. It's physically messy and it is spiritually messy. And it's meant to be like that. Think of the word hospitality, hospital. Um, When you are engaging in hospitality, you are acting like a hospital. You're either maintaining health, like a checkup, or it could even be more of an urgent care situation. So with certain friendships, with certain members of the family, it might be like a checkup. You know, it might be more maintenance. Um, They might be coming in regularly. You guys may be checking up. Maybe you chat on the phone or you chat through text or social media and you keep up with one another. And it's kind of um, like this back and forth um, natural counseling. You know, it's spiritually, that is good for you. It's good for you to have those friendships, those friends who are close, who you can talk to about things going on in your life. You can talk to about problems, but your relationship with them for the most part is more of a maintenance. You guys are kind of running this race together. You're like-minded or you might have people in your home who are more of an urgent care situation. Uh, We get this a lot with my husband being a pastoral intern and with us being in ministry. Um, There's just people that they're going to come to you when they have a need. They're going to come to you when a loved one dies. They're going to come to you when their marriage is falling apart. They're going to come to you when a child walks out of their house. They're going to come to you when they have these real deep, dark issues. They're going to come to you when they're questioning their faith. They're going to come to you when they have questions and no one's giving them answers. And so these are more of urgent care situations. And we have to be prepared for both. We have to be prepared for those healthy, more maintenance relationships. And we have to be prepared to keep up with those because, right, if we don't maintain those relationships, if we're not keeping the checkup, you know, think about the doctor. If you're not going to the doctor um, somewhat regularly, then things kind of can slip, right? Our health can go downhill. If you're not taking care of yourself, what's going to happen? Your health is going to slowly deteriorate. Same with friendships. 
you know, then you, you've got those more urgent care situations and, and that could be from a good friend, but it also could be from someone you're not super close with. You know, maybe you want to invite a family into your home because you know they're broken, because you know their marriage is falling apart and you know the children are struggling. Hospitality is truly like a hospital. It's like opening up your home to the people that are needy, the people that are sick. And this means that you're going to have to be more worried about the eternal than the temporary. So Martha was worried about the temporary. I don't know what she was doing <laughs> in this situation. You know, it, it says that she was distracted with serving. So I can imagine that, um, again, she was making sure, you know, cups were filled with water or she was doing dishes or, you know, she was making sure things didn't get burnt. And someone has to do that, right? I think that's why we all are like, well, Mary just sat at Jesus's feet, but someone had to be the Martha. And that's true. And I think a practical tip when it comes to hospitality, when doing that is to just do as much prep work ahead of time as you can. Think ahead, cook as much as you can ahead of time, get as much ready as you can ahead of time, you know, get out the dishes, get out the forks, get out the cups, prep all the food you can, make sure the drinks are done. That way, when people are there, you're able to truly sit at their feet, truly serve them. Because just as Mary was sitting there at Jesus's feet, we want to, in a sense, do that to the people that are in our life. We want to not worship them, but we want to show them who we worship and we want to serve them and we want to point them to Christ. We want our conversations and everything we do in those moments of hospitality to be centered around Christ, just as Mary centered herself around Christ. And so Martha was distracted with the temporary. I imagine that she, again, was doing dishes or something. She was sitting there grumbling, do the dishes, doing the dishes, thinking, no one's helping me. I'm the only one doing this. Got frustrated enough to come in and say, Jesus, do you not see that no one's helping me? Do you not see all the work I'm doing? No one's thanking me. No one's offering to help me. And here Mary is just sitting at your feet doing nothing. And Jesus kindly rebuked her and said, Martha, Martha, you're anxious about many things, but Mary's chosen the good thing. Jesus basically said, I'm not here to correct Mary. Mary is doing what she should, and she knows that the dishes will be in the sink tomorrow. She knows that the glasses that are empty, people can get up and fill themselves, or they'll ask, they'll say, I need new water. She knows that these are the temporary things. She knew that Jesus had water, right? She knew that he had water and she would thirst no more, that he had food and she would never go hungry. She knew that Jesus in that moment was what was important, eternal, and satisfying. And Martha lost sight of that. And so this is the heart of hospitality, guys. When people come into your home, I want you all to be so prepared spiritually and so in tune with the Lord that you know when people walk into your home what they need, that you're praying ahead of time, that their hearts are going to be ministered to, that you're praying ahead of time, that you will ask the right questions, will be prepared to give the right answers, will be prepared to just be. Everyone is going to need different things. Some people are, again, just going to need that little maintenance, that, you know, sitting around the coffee or sitting around the table, drinking coffee and just catching up on life. And that is sweet to their soul. That is therapy and it's organic. It's organic friendship. Some people are going to come into your home and they're going to drop a bomb on you. And no situation is going to be the same. And if you're worried about the dishes, 
you're going to miss out on those beautiful moments. And maybe it's just moments of your children playing with other children and having fun. Maybe it's moments of games around the table. Maybe it's moments of painting pumpkins (laughs) or carving pumpkins or dyeing Easter eggs. Or maybe it's those moments where someone has questions and they want them answered. Or someone has hurts and they want them healed. When someone needs a prayer, when someone needs advice, when someone needs pointed to the Lord. And if we are distracted with the temporary, we will forget about the eternal. So that is what the heart of hospitality is. The heart of hospitality comes in remembering that we have an eternal haven in a temporary world. That this world may be temporary. This home may be temporary. The food we eat will not be here tomorrow. The dishes we dirtied will still be in the sink. They're not going anywhere. Um, Sometimes the dishes may seem eternal, (laughs) but they're not. They're temporary. But Christ is eternal, and Christ lives in our homes, and Christ lives in our hearts. And that is why we are able to house hospitality. So we need to remember to be like Mary and not like Martha. And then I do want to give a few practical tips. We're going to do a whole series on this, guys. So this is the first episode of what we hope to be three episodes on the topic of hospitality. So we're going to talk about hospitality with singles, and then I'm also going to interview and just kind of chat with my friend Lisa Radke, uh, who's just a very dear friend to me, and she just has a lot of good things, I feel like, in regards to hospitality and friendships and the subject. And so we're just going to chat about that. But I I know that the heart is the most important, and I want you guys to get that. But I know a lot of you probably have the heart of hospitality. Maybe you even feel like you are gifted in hospitality. And uh, maybe you don't feel like you're gifted in hospitality, but you want to exercise that muscle a little bit more. Whether you are gifted in hospitality or not, you are still commanded to be hospitable. You're still commanded to love your neighbor as yourself. You're still um, told to reach out to the needy and to the poor and to the afflicted. And so it's not something that as a Christian we can get around. So I do want to give, so I do want to give some tips. Um, I know a lot of people in regards to being hospitable just feel like they don't have time to do it. Um, And we all know that we make time and we prioritize what is important to us as a family. So just look at your schedule with your husband and realize that, that some seasons are going to look different than others. And again, if you don't have a husband or you don't have a wife, we are going to be talking about singles and hospitality, but realize that some seasons you're going to be able to open your home a lot and other seasons you're going to have to say no. And don't feel bad about going to other people's homes either because that is still um, engaging in hospitality. When you are being welcomed into someone else's home, you can still bring hospitality there. You can still bring love there and care. It's actually a really neat thing if you can be hospitable while in someone else's home, if you can offer to do the dishes, if you can offer to pick up a task, if you can make sure you clean up after yourself. Um, There's things that you can do while you're in someone else's home that show that you are being hospitable to them, even though they're the ones opening up their home and being hospitable to you. So maybe you don't feel like you have the time to do it, but again, just try to prioritize it and um, realize that it's going to look different for you than it may look for someone else. But we do make keeping a home and being hospitable very high priority. You know, it's, it's over a lot of things. We value our home and we value having people in it. 
our homes are precious, right? And I think some people think our home is so precious that it's too precious to share. Everyone has a different way that they value treasure. Some people hold it and hoard it and are selfish with it. And others say, this is so precious that I should share it. And I think that's how your home should be. Your home should be such a precious place to you that you're willing to share that with the outside world. Not every aspect of it. Obviously, there are some places that are closed off. And so inviting people into your home means inviting them into how you do home. For me, personally, I want people to feel as at home in my home as they can. Um, I don't have a lot of rules. Uh, I like it to be not rule-free by any means, but I like the rules to be minimum, and I like for them to be um, important. So things like taking off your shoes used to be super important to me and is now not important. If someone feels more comfortable with their shoes on, then I'm willing to, you know, clean up a mud mess afterwards then I'm willing to make them feel uncomfortable by taking off their shoes. But you're welcoming people into your home. And so think about how you do things at home and think about how to kindly encourage people to respect the home they're in. If you're having young people in your home, a lot of times you're going to have to speak up and, you know, just ask them, say, can you put your dishes in the sink, (laughs) you know, or, hey, do you mind throwing that away? Maybe even ask them to help. Maybe you have to put a kid down for a nap. And you can ask them to help and watch the older kid. Uh, You can kindly say, you know, our kids go to bed at 8 and uh, we're going to have to be wrapping things up soon. There are just kind ways that you can show people this is how we do home here. And then remember that. And then when you go to other people's homes, remember to be respectful of their schedules and the rules that they have in their house and the things that they set as priority. Also, another practical thing is think ahead about questions. Um, If someone's coming into your home and and you're not around them very often and you don't think conversation is going to be super organic, then that's a time for you to prep even more ahead of time. Like you're planning out the menu, um, a lot of times we plan out, we think, okay, I'm going to make a rotisserie chicken, green beans, mashed potatoes, and I want to cook this bread and I'm going to cook the bread ahead of time. And so just as you prep that meal ahead of time or those activities or whatever you're prepping in order to entertain people while you're there, remember that this isn't just entertainment, that true hospitality, it's fellowship. It's not entertainment. It's not, you know, seeking to have the best meal or the most beautiful home, but that you want to think of things ahead of time. So when they're there sitting at the table, you don't have awkward conversation. If it's not, you know, a super close friend that you can just chit chat with the whole time, then coming up with questions ahead of time might actually help prep your heart. Um, make them comfortable. Ignore your mess if you have to. (laughs) If you don't say, I'm so sorry, my house is a mess, then they're probably not going to think twice about it. We all know what mess is. Uh, Remember, hospitality is messy. After people leave, you're going to have a mess to clean up. You're going to have dirty dishes and crumbs on the floor and toys thrown about and maybe new marks on your wall, maybe new mud drug through your carpet. Um, And again, it's going to be spiritually messy as well. You're going to have people come and maybe throw problems on you. And then it's going to be your responsibility to take those to the Lord and to pray and to lift them up. If you think that you can do hospitality without a mess, you are quite wrong. So be prepared for the mess, but be in the business of cleaning it up. Another tip is to be ready for unexpected guests. There was um, a sweet lady at our old church that invited us over to her house after church one Sunday. 
and I remember just being blown away at how hospitable she was. At like even before I ever came into her home. She actually was visiting the church. She was new at the church. I think it was like the second Sunday her and her husband and her children had visited. And we um, had been at the church from the beginning, from the start. It was funny because I think it was only like the second or third Sunday that they had visited and they weren't even sure if they were going to stay at the church, but she invited us over to their house. Before I could ever invite her to my home, she had already invited me over to hers and she invited me on a whim. She just said, hey, would you guys like to come over today after lunch? I think I've got extra food and we would love to have you. And so we packed up our daughter and we went to their house And sure enough, she had already had something in the crock pot ready to go. And she had opened her house. And I remember her even saying, I try to make a lot of food on Sundays and we invite people over. And, you know, even if they can't, we've got leftovers for the week. But if they can, I'm prepared for it. And also, let me just add to this. She had one child and she had just had a newborn. (laughs) And so here she is getting this crock pot meal and then throwing together something else on the stove. I don't even remember what. Um, She has a baby in her arm under a blanket, nursing this baby, making this food, and they had just moved. Let me add that, too. They had just moved, um, so they weren't even super settled into their home. And she didn't even know me hardly. She didn't even know my husband, but she welcomed us into their house and into their home. And I remember thinking that being one of the best examples of hospitality in my life because I wanted to be like that. So many times I bypass opportunities for hospitality simply because it's inconvenient, simply because I didn't make food, simply because I didn't want the burden of it, and simply because I didn't prepare in advance. This is something that she thought of ahead of time, but also she was just willing to go with the flow. She thought of ahead of time, you know, it would be nice to have someone over on Sunday, but if it didn't happen, she was okay with that as well. So she was very flexible, and I just remember wanting to be like her. And I've grown in hospitality since then, I'm sure, but she was a great example in my life. Another thing, as far as hospitality goes, is giving to the poor. We're commanded to give to the poor. Proverbs says that she extends her hand to the needy. And I think this is a very important thing, that when we're inviting people into our house, we're not just inviting friends and loved ones and church members and someone from the Bible study, or we're called to also be hospitable to strangers. And I know that this can be a scary thing sometimes, um, especially if you have children at home. Inviting people into your house um, makes you worry about the safety of your children, and it reminds you of the dangers of sin. But I just want to remind people that perfect love casts out all fear. And so you also have to have wisdom with this, of course. And so inviting in the poor, inviting in people that may be struggling with addictions or people, you know, that may um, come from a criminal background, it may be hard to do. And you may feel like you're not called to do it. But I would just encourage you to pray, to, to read the scriptures and to look and to see how Jesus was. He came, he ate, and he fellowshiped with people. He was the most hospitable person without ever once inviting someone into his own home. He went and he ate with people. He ate with sinners. Um, And he was found with sinners most of the time, right? And so I do realize that there has to be boundaries here with that. Seek the scriptures. Pray about it as a family and see how you can. Because regardless of how you do it, you are still commanded to do it. It can look 
different for you in different seasons. Maybe some people are more willing and more open to having certain people in their home, and maybe some people aren't. An example of how we do this in our home actually came to me from the book, The Hidden Art of Homemaking by Edith Schaefer, which I mentioned in our last podcast. She talks about when she lived in the city and she lived in an apartment, a lot of poor people um, and homeless people would kind of just, I think, loiter around that area and come to their apartment area. And sometimes they would even buzz in asking people if they had food. And the first time it happened, it really took her aback and she wasn't prepared for it. And she just kind of, you know, gave them something. But then she realized that the area they were in, it had a lot of homeless people and that this would happen quite often. And so then she got to where she was prepared. Not that she kept a certain amount of food for these people, but that when they did come, she would throw something together like a sandwich and she would make it beautiful. She wouldn't just give them her scraps, but she would tell them, yes, you know, I'll give you food. Just wait down here for a minute. She wouldn't invite them into her home because she had children and because of safety, but she would tell them to wait outside and that she would bring them something. And so she talks about making a sandwich making it delicious and um, even adding a little flour in a vase with water and making it beautiful and bringing it down to them. And then she would say, you eat this. And then she would have, I think it was a print off or maybe it was a Bible, but I think she would print like um, a gospel, like the gospel of John. And um, she would give it to him and she would say, here, start reading this and here's your food. And she would put it on her own plate and all of that. And she said, and I'm making you tea or I'm making you coffee and it'll be done soon. And while you're reading that, I'm going to go make that and I'll bring it down. And they would just be so thankful because she didn't just give them cold leftovers, but she took time to warm up soup or to make a sandwich and to make it look beautiful and to also give them a gospel to read and then to even give them warm coffee or warm tea. And um, it was a ministry tool. And it was also just a way to show love and, and beauty and the beauty and goodness of God. That story really inspired me because we have lived in the city for three years now. And I have given on occasion, but I haven't, I hadn't made a habit of it until just recently. And I realized, you know, a lot of times we have leftover food, though I, I don't have people coming and knocking on my door. I live very close to a community that is poor we see lots of homeless people around being in the city and we know their locations. We know who's going to be at what stop sign and who's going to be at what intersection. And I know the times of day that you can normally find them. And I know that it doesn't take long to just drive around and find someone who needs food. And so we have started, especially if we have food that's about to go bad. Um, so a lot of times we'll, we'll heat up soup, we'll put it in a container We'll get one of those little New Testament Bibles. The kids will make cards even sometimes, or sometimes we'll pick flowers or something, or we'll give a dessert, a sweet cookie or something that the kids made. We'll get in the car and we'll call it a joy ride and we'll go and we'll find the first homeless person that we see and we'll give them this food. It's a safe way to do it with the kids. We're not inviting someone in, that we don't know if they're safe or if they're dangerous into our home. But the kids are able to be a part of it. We're able to pray over that food. We're able to pray before we leave it with them. We're able to pray afterwards about the person that we gave it to. And we're able to plant little seeds. And we're able to give them the word of God. So we give them bread and we give them the bread of life. 
but we are called to extend our hands to the needy. And hospitality isn't just extending our hands to the poor and to the stranger. It is extending our hand also to the loved one, to the friend, to the one who's brokenhearted, to the one who just wants to sit and laugh at your table. But hospitality has a heart, and this is the heart of hospitality. We want to focus on the eternal rather than the temporary when it comes to hospitality. And by doing this, you will be blessed by being hospitable. It will no longer be a chore. It will no longer be a grudge. It will no longer be something that you dread coming up thinking, oh, I have to host Thanksgiving this year and I'm so stressed. Or, oh, you know, that family's coming over again. I just can't wait till it's over. If your mind and your heart are in the right place, then the eternal is going to fuel your hospitality.